The life of the actor, it never ends. That's why you listen to Freelance Pretend with Missy Pyle and Chris Grace and Friends. This is my last potato chip. Okay. It's I interesting because I, I do have a little bit of phlegm that I keep having, but hmm. I don't have any other things that worry me. Oh, do you have COVID? No, I don't. Um, I'm going to test again today, but I don't think that it, I've tested negative every day since I got back from Texas. Not every day. I mean, every time I've tested since I got back from Texas. So you were saying that uh, I had Patrick COVID Wilson, last week. And did you do Paxlovid? I did Paxlovid and I had um, rebound, rebound COVID. I had rebound COVID. And how was, was the rebound? The robe, uh, it was funny because Paxlovid is really gross. If anyone's taken Paxlovid, it, it's like eating you know, a penny. Just like it starts out and you're like, well, this isn't that bad. But you do it twice a day for five days. Right. And by the fifth day, you, you know, you just want to take your tongue and rip it out of your mouth. <laughs> or just not take the Paxlovid. I mean, whichever. Uh, no, you feeling. should take it for sure. I mean, if you start it, you should finish it. Yes. So um, I finished it. And then uh, I still had like a lot of phlegm for about three or four days. And then I started coughing, like dry hacking on like day 10 Mm -hmm. for three days. Like I couldn't sleep at night because I was coughing all night. Mm -hmm. And then on like day 16... I mean, I was testing negative. I, 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 while we were doing our podcast, I was like, I can't, I don't feel good. I can't uh-huh. think. So if you heard the last podcast, that was me on the COVID. And then, wait, did you test again? And then I tested in the, uh, right after we finished our podcast, I tested, or I tested in the morning. There was like a faint line. Uh-huh. And then the next day it was bright, like a bright line. And oh. then two days, and so for two days I was just laying in my bed. I had a couple meetings. I was like, I can't think. I'm just... I'm going to just lay here. I didn't even want to watch anything. I just wanted to try to rest. Right. Which is weird. Because when I had COVID before, I was like, you know, doing yard work and stuff. Because it wasn't that bad. You were, you were, your, your landscaping business. You kept Yeah, I, I only, but I only operate when I'm on, uh, in COVID. On COVID. COVID. Right. Yeah. When I'm on so, COVID. When you're on, when you're doing that drug COVID. So, um, you, uh, so the second round lasted like three days, basically. Two is like two full days of me and, like being like I gotta go lay down I can't talk and then it stopped and I slept a lot and then the next day was the third day I was much better and I um, went on a jog oh so you're feeling and then better I felt, now I felt completely fine since then okay so the so let's say the day that you stopped the Paxlovid yeah how many that days day from five. that day to the to the to the rebound. 14. What? No, 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 no. I got, I got the, um, let's look at the count. You probably finished the Paxlovid on like day six, right? Or something? Day five. Yeah. Sorry. I got it on July 4th was day one for me. And the way I knew it was different, this is so fascinating. Was I had like chills. I had chills in my back and I was like, Ooh, I'm cold. And I was like, Oh, my head really hurts. Oh, and I never had, so that was on the fourth. And then I flew to Texas on the on the very last day, on the fifth, 
Um, yeah, because and I was fine. <laughs> well, they were all like, I, "It really doesn't." Like my my brother's response to me wearing a mask because my eight year old mother was there, and I was like, "Well, my mom, I don't really want to. I don't think I, I from all, everything I've read on WebMD, I'm not contagious by day five, right?" So. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're not if if you don't have a fever at that point. And I never ha- I never had a fever until. Okay, so let me. So day five, I was I went there. And my brother was like, "Take your mask off." <laughs> okay. We don't care. And then he was like, he breathed right in my mouth. And then he breathed is, in my this mouth. This is Texas. If it, if I see COVID, I'm, if I see COVID, I'm going to shoot it. <laughs> shoot the, you know what they had? You know my uncle and aunt had last year, which was actually really fun. Is they had a salt gun. Have you seen those? Uh, salt, and they have salt. It's less what is fun the point of a salt gun? Shooting. I assume it's not for seasoning. <sighs> Could be. It's for like mosquitoes and flies. So you, you like, you know. <laughs> what? <laughs> you, so there's a fly and. Uh, if you're it, outside and there's a fly, you go and you just and it's And gone. it's suddenly just it's overwhelmed salt. with salt. Like it, it literally gets, has nowhere to fly to because its whole world has just been. If you've tried one, it's and you dealt with mosquitoes or flies taking a shit on you. <laughs> okay, I'll get one. It's so fun. They're you can't get they're completely sold out because they're so fun. Oh, uh, and they're really it's really great to have an assault assault gun around your kids. In a hey, that's what they mean when they shoot. say they want to ban assault weapons. <laughs> I mean. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Hey, listen, so fun. wait, tell me again. You you went to Texas. What was the day that you stopped the Paxlovid? So I stopped the Paxlovid on the 8th. And okay. then for the 9th, 10th, and 11th, I, I didn't have, like, I just was, I had a lot of like phlegm, you know? Right. I was like coughing up stuff, but mm-hmm. it was clear. And then I was kind of, so that by like, I'm back on like day 11 or on, a, on, um, the 11th. So that's like day day seven of having it, but it's just three days off the Paxlovid. And then for the 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, I'm like kind of coughing a lot, hmm. like just dry coughing. And I can't even sleep for three of those nights. And then the day we did our podcast, was that the 19th? I think it was the morning of the 19th. Um, I started so having- You're talking about literally like eight days later or something like that? So that was a that was after that would be eight nine ten eleven that would be twelve days after the Paxlovid. Wow. Yeah, I started feeling, and I've heard there's the rebound COVID, right? I've heard that it. Yeah, it's yeah, supposed yeah. to be very rare, but I definitely uh, had what, the last a thing fever. I read was it's about five percent of people have a rebound, but I, I, anecdotally, I, I've heard a few people. But um, the, uh, it's safe to say that the goal of the Paxlovid is actually just to. Keep you out of the hospital, which it did do. Right. So. And for someone like me, I mean, my my goal for Paxlovid was to not give my mother COVID if I saw yes, her. Yes, right. Um, and that so has been achieved. That was achieved. So, but it tasted like I was sucking on. I mean, um, all those people, all those people on the airplane got it, but um, just the person next to me who had like a tri- triple mask, and I because you also French kissed that that, that person as well. I when you're on COVID, not only while I'm on COVID do I do have a landscaping business, I'm also off a French kissing booth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so you uh, were talking about Patrick Wilson was at our showcase. Is that what you said before we started recording? So we did a consortium with a bunch of kids 
Mm-hmm. Consortium Fun. is what. Um, this is when we graduated. They right? used to call a um, an association of fine arts colleges that did showcases in New York. But when we graduated, it was New York City only. And this was North Carolina School of the Arts. It was Boston University. It was Carnegie Mellon. And it was SUNY Purchase. Which is the State University of New York. So I think- in Purchase. Which and I, I auditioned for and did not get into. Bullshit. That would have been cold. I did my first, uh, one of my first plays at SUNY Purchase. Oh, what play? Uh, there's one in every marriage. Oh. So um, they, what's weird is though, they were like, this is the consortium, but like, what does that actually mean? It just means that in, I guess, one week period, they all, all the schools do showcases in New York. Like we never met the other schools. We we didn't like go see. Well, them. we did it on one night and one day and every year they would do a, like they would rotate who went first and we, our school went second. Oh, we so were we all there the four same night? Different, yes, four different showcases in one night. I don't and remember I thought, meeting man, a single other person from another school. So I met – I don't really remember meeting them, but I ended up hanging out with, I guess, Patrick Wilson and some other people because they oh. went to either Carnegie or SUNY. And I, I – bet, I bet he went to Carnegie because Carnegie is the I don't know, but I bet we could find out. But let's yeah. not look yet. <laughs> okay. I always like a little something. You want to pull it from your brain. You like want to exercise that brain. Keep it working strong. Do you know, I woke up in the middle of the night last night because I was like, uh, I couldn't sleep. And then I was like, my, I need to fix my brain. So I, I looked for like a brain exercise app and then I downloaded it hmm. and bought it in the middle of the night called Elevate. Nice. And I learned some new, yeah, I learned like some new uh, math strategies. Yeah. I mean, these late night purchases, I ha- I made a late night purchase last night that I oh, what shouldn't did you have. <laughs> Welcome to the segment of Missy and Chrissy's late night. I bought a, uh, no, you can call it. I was late called Chrissy purchasing. growing up. That was my nickname. My whole family called me Chrissy. And then they're surprised when I end up sucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> Only Chrissy sucked dick. You fucking call a kid Chrissy is going to Suck. You know, my neighbor. Yeah. I've my been listening best. to a lot of like stand up comedian podcasts. Yeah, suck dick. Yeah, well, there you go. Just Your neighbor like was little... named Chrissy? My my best friend from um, who I met at Young Abraham Lincoln after a musical drama is Christine Moore. Who's, I moved in next door. She's my daughter's godmother. And I, we call her, we call ourselves Missy and Chrissy. And she sucks so much dick. So. <laughs> Tag her in this post. Hey, wait, she lives across from you in Los I'm Angeles? She lives next door. Yeah, I bought a. And I bought she house did Young Abraham door. Lincoln with you. Yeah, it's not a coincidence. I I bought oh. the house next to her when it came for sale. I I see. Okay, but still, that's that's still that's a good connection to have from back in the day. I know we've been best friends for thirty years. We're oh. very very close friends, you know, on on and off. She we did a sketch show called Bitches Funny with oh Mel she was in Bitches Funny. Yes, yes. She was in Bitches the one Funny. that I saw at. I saw a workshop or a rehearsal of, which Erica Bradshaw was in. Erica Bradshaw, who's also Mel Mel Salvatore. Those are both. Mm -hmm. And Michelle Hahn. We were all uh, all from NCSA. NCSA. Yeah, Yeah. and we you were in the an all like man and Gina sketch show. That's we were uh, uh, Gina Bastozo. Yeah, Gina Stout. Gina, I'm so mad at you. Yeah. 
I don't know if we ever actually did a show with Gina, uh, but uh, you did. Uh, I'm sure that one of the dudes added Gina because they were they wanted to get in her Gina. Um, they want although, although I like Gina a lot. Uh, she was one of my favorite people back in school. Um, did I tell you what she did to me? Uh, wait, wait, wait. First let me just clarify. The right. sketch group that I was in is called the Tatung Heat Devils. Oh, that's right. And that was with me, uh, Benham Foster, who has been on Broadway. Uh. Rick Steer, who, wait, was Rick in it? He was, wasn't he? He was, yeah. It was you, Ave, Rick, and Benham, right? And uh, Avery was in it too. Patrick Breen? <laughs> no, because I, I, I all, it's all blurred because we also did it in New York City. Uh-huh. And um, in New York, it was me, Benham, was Ryan in there? Avery. Ryan? I want to say Clay. I don't. Who knows? Uh, I have a. Let's I have do a, a brochure of, it. of the Tat Tangy Devils if we can figure Let's out. Let's do that, and we'll do bitches funny as well. I, be, I believe Avery's Avery's been on Broadway as well. He was in Avery's uh, been on Broadway. He the also Tempest did. with Patrick Stewart. Yes, and he he went to um, Yale grad school right for drama, and now he's directing. Did he? I thought he went to a place in DC. Like a, I think he got a grad he school degree. He went to degree. Harvard, Yale, and Columbia, and right. then the North Pole. No, I thought um, he went to Yale. Didn't he go to Yale? We'll a, we'll ask Avery when we have him on the podcast. Rick Steer was also in. Wait, Rick Steer was on Broadway in, in. Well, I mean, I you know, ask. one of the hiccups for having a guest. <laughs> One it's of the me. challenges with getting a guest to show up is telling them what time we're going to be recording. You this. know, I mean, that's, I hear you, but it's not as if we've been, you know, here's the deal, too. Here's the deal, too. I have a child who's um, I understand that, but I mean, all the time. I, but you, I actually am fine with that. I don't think that people are like, you have to have a guest for this podcast to be worth doing. I'm just saying we shouldn't complain about not having a guest. When we are essentially... How dare... You know, how dare you, Chris? Rick Steer was on Broadway in Twelfth Night at Lincoln Center, which I saw. Oh, that's right. He was, Uh, wasn't he? That was was a very lovely production as well. Um, So you were saying... I don't remember what you were saying. Um, (sighs) I don't think you ever listen to what I'm saying. Huh? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. You you distra- you distracted yourself from whatever we were talking about. People listen to the podcast and sign sign up at uh, freelance patreon dot com slash freelance pretend and and subscribe to tell us what we were talking about just a couple minutes ago. Do we have any subscribers? We got Justin Zell, our one subscriber. We have one. You subscriber? know what? Let's leave it at that. No, no one else. No one else. No one else do that. Too bad. Just Justin. It's done. Just Justin, Justin is prime tier now. He only gets That's right. it. Only if anyone me. else, oh, if you go to patreon.com slash freelance pretend to sign up to be a patron, we're going to be so mad. We're going to say no. Just try. We dare you. Yeah. Try to you put know your what? Credit card in. Try putting your card in and saying subscribe. Just see if it Just works. See what happens. Um, you try okay, to get so, Oh, do you know the lottery's up to like $800 million? Yes. I will probably go pick one up. Pick up a ticket. Let's pick up one. Let's just say whoever wins the lottery, let's ask them to be a Patreon subscriber. Sure. And if that's us, we'll su- we'll support ourselves. We won't- if I win the lottery, I'm not going to ask anybody else for money. I posted a little yeah. post on my uh, Facebook this week that prompted some discussion. I'd be interested in your perspective on this. Oh yeah. How do you, how do you feel about buying a lottery ticket? What are your thoughts? Oh yeah. Well. Where does the money go? 
I believe in California it goes to public schools. Yeah, great. I mean, I don't love the idea that people who don't have money, you know, waste their money on lottery tickets uh, Mm -hmm. on a regular basis when they might be able to put food in their family's mouth. But I, I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of ridiculous. It's hopeful, but is it? I don't know. What were your debating thoughts? Well, I used to feel that because of the mathematical impossibility of winning the lottery, right. Right. and it's really, it's really almost zero. It, 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 get it. It's, You're it could. You're <laughs> Asian. <laughs> like I like how you asked my thoughts and immediately shit on me. Um, <laughs> so I used to think that that it was a waste of money and that mm-hmm. um, it's a tax on kind of it's attack some people have called it attacks on the poor or, oh, or atta- attacks on yeah. uh the mathematically illiterate because oh. people oh. aren't able to conceptualize the actual odds against them however uh a couple years ago i remember seeing a panel discussion about something where somebody asserted that pretty plainly like hey it's a tax on the poor it's a bad idea it's a bad financial decision right. to spend two dollars on a lottery ticket and somebody in the audience got up and said you know what I see it as for people that are in kind of hopeless situations, it's a $2 shot of endorphins and positive optimism. So they spend $2 and they get to fantasize for about 15 minutes about what they would do with the money. And maybe that's a little bit of energy that gets them through their day. And if you think about it, $2, let's say even $2 twice a week, it's really not the kind of money that would change your life uh, from one economic strata to another. So it's not, it's, it's akin to people being like, stop buying Starbucks and you can be a millionaire or whatever. It's like not really that big a deal. Now I think that it's probably different for, um, do you buy Starbucks? Occasionally. I've been buying a lot of green matcha boba lately. Uh, so like how often do you uh, buy like a, a, a beverage, uh, at a Starbucks? Week. Or oh, any I mean, place that you would like buy a beverage. Once every once a month. But oh, when I was in yeah. Houston, I bought boba at Kung Fu Tea like three times. Yeah. Um, that's to get away. From, Kung Fu Tea? Yeah, it's a franchise of boba places. I know. It's kind of a corny name, but it was better than I thought. I anyway, kinda love it. Just to finish my lottery thing, if you're buying ten to twenty to thirty tickets a week, yes, then I think it's probably not a good idea. Uh, Patrick Wilson went to Carnegie Mellon University. Look how smart you are. Well, I looked it up. Uh, but I did yeah. guess that because... I thought we were going to wait. Well, we, we were looking. We waited. I we were going to wait for <laughs> someone to call in. I thought we were going to wait for Patrick to call in. I did, oh, I did a movie with him and he reminded me. I didn't remember that I had met him. What movie did you do with him? Uh, we did a very a movie that I don't think anybody saw called it was with he and judy greer and i played like his ex-girlfriend what's it called i can't remember what year probably 2008 or 9 or 10 maybe 2010 purple violets i'm looking at his uh, no i mean it's really 
You know what's crazy is he the, the movie Hard Candy that he was in with Elliot Page mm-hmm. was one of his first movies. That's pretty great. I really like Patrick Wilson, by the way. I love Little Children. He's very good. He's uh, Little Children. He's great, and that was what put him on the map, right? Other movies that he's been in: Running with Scissors, Evening, No, Life in Flight, No, Lakeview Terrace, No, Barry Monday, Barry Monday. That was it. Really. Mm-hmm. Barry Monday. Gene Smart was in it, I think. How is Gene Smart? Fucking great. She also played my older sister in Bringing Down the House. Really? She's I recommend fucking wonderful. I love everyone. Uh, I recommend watching Bringing Down the House because it has a really long fight scene between Missy and Queen Latifah. It's like, and it's set to uh, like simply irresistible by Robert Palmer. Which- <laughs> It's so ridiculous. And we're just, I'm a terrible person, like a horrible racist. Weren't you um, nominated for something like Best Fight or something? Yeah, we were nominated for Best Fight, but it was the same year as Kill Bill. So mm-hmm. I was like, so you, so you guys won. <laughs> Uh, so Patrick Wilson, you met a consortium after going to college. You probably made out well, with him. He was like, I remember you. I don't, I, would, I don't know if I made out with him. I would have like to it, but I think I was interested in another guy. I can't remember. Mm. But uh yeah. Chris Wait, let me ask you other people. other people in Barry Monday and how how were they to work with okay. Judy Greer? Well Judy Greer is someone that for a good four years, like she just beat me out for so many roles. Um but she's very nice and I like her a lot. And she's great. Did you work with uh Sybil Shepherd? No, I did not. But she's from okay. Memphis, and we were in the same high school sorority, not at the same time. <laughs> Wait, what? High school sorority? Yeah, we had sororities in high school, so. Ugh, Listen, so do you like so high schools, but you want it to be more clicky and have more bullying? Then join it this was, high school sorority. It was Our, I, our school I, I was, doesn't have enough social division in it already. <laughs> we implemented the concept of sororities. Well, the worst part is, like, there was actually a really fun sorority that had like diversity and the girl who took me to school in the morning was in this other one that was full of like popular football playing football cheerleaders. And I wasn't popular. I mean, I was like a drama and and then they, they rushed me for it cause I knew them pretty well, but I didn't have any friends in it. And I, every time I would go, no one, no one talked to me. So I finally just stopped going and became the most inactive member, I think, at the, whatever. But they had like a rush party and they forgot about me. Like, and then they mm. sent some brothers to come pick me up. My stepfather was like, uh, no. Oh, cause they had an car. associated fraternity. Yeah. Or they said brothers. It was very stupid. Uh, Christopher McDonald. Great. Um, Shay Wiggum. I don't, I don't think I've worked with Shay Wiggum. Um, uh, Kyle Gass. From Kyle. Tenacious D. Oh, Kyle. You know, I performed a couple times with Kyle. I had a and big crush on guitarist, Kyle You did. His guitarist is, was my guitar teacher and performed with me a few times when I oh. performed out here in L.A. He's phenomenal. Uh, last one is Sam Pancake. Sam Pancake. I love Sam Pancake. He's so uh, I've only – I'm sort of acquaintances with – like I've done – I would think I did one improv show with him. I think he's great. He's hilarious. He's great, yeah. He had a great video during the pandemic about like – Please don't for please don't uh, like diminish old gays, and uh, it was very moving. I thought, uh, okay, so that's the movie Barry Monday, alternatively known as Family Jewels. 
directed by Chris Darienzo, who does not have a Wikipedia account, which makes me think that maybe he didn't direct a lot of other movies. It looks like a uh, based on this, I would guess it's a sort of like um, quirky uh, family indie comedy that you know. There's some funny characters it's in the family. family. Oh, a family. I thought it meant like four families. No, yeah. no, like it is a family. Some people are quirky. And then um, it ends up with sort of like a, you know what? My, these guys are quirky, but they're my family. So right. you got to love them. Chris Dorenzio. So Chris Dorenzio, uh, I want to say... He oh yeah he also did Rock of Ages on Broadway. Oh, yeah. Um, he wrote the screenplay for the movie Rock of Ages. Did he wait? Did he, he like also, write Rock of Ages? He was. Oh, sorry. That's you. Okay, you don't need to bark. Oh, you, I gotta let the dog. Okay. Oh, she can go out herself. Go on. Go on. Who let the dogs out? No, okay. He wrote Rock of Ages, the musical. So this guy has like, yes. he has made a dent in our popular culture. Yeah, He's but it, the it one was, who he, made, uh, who, 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 like Alec Baldwin had like a gay kiss in that movie, didn't he? Yes, but it mm-hmm. also, uh, it, it also. Spoiler. Did the Broadway show and they did it here first. And my friend Kyle Puccia, who I did Young Abraham Lincoln with was part of it. And then. So wait, do you only hang out with people that you did Young Abraham Lincoln with? Yeah, it's weird that I'm hanging out with you. <laughs> but I'm I'm hopeful that we might do summer stock together at some well, point. Well, it's also weird that I've never been cast as a young Abraham Lincoln, considering how short, fat, and not white I am. It's very weird. Um, you perfect, know the guy who played the guy who played like old Abraham Lincoln. Mm-hmm. He'd come out at the very end, and he did it for like ten years, however long the show went. It's an outdoor musical drama in Lincoln City, Indiana. I mean, it's, it's it is boyhood part. It's a musical about his boyhood, which who gives? I mean, gives a flying fuck. But anyway, and I played like a six year old mm. in it um, as at twenty two, <laughs> six feet tall. But this old guy would come out and go four score and yada yada, and then we would sing. Has anybody around seen a long-legged boy named Abraham? I mean, it's so ridiculous. Kind of a lanky lad. He just might be, he just might, he just might be the best we've ever had. I mean, it's ridiculous. He just might, he just might have Marfan (laughs) syndrome undiagnosed. (laughs) Is that what he Uh, had? Yeah, I believe it. I believe they like did like, they looked at his bone structure afterwards. They took his body out of the ground. Do you want people Um, to... um, I mean, are you going to dedicate your body to science? (laughs) Sure. Have at it. I'm going to. I'm going to be like, just go for it. Do whatever you want. I'm going to dedicate my body. But I'm going to dedicate my body to junk science. So I'm just going to give it to Marianne Wilson, Williamson, and just be like, here, don't put any vaccines in me. Put some Mary healing Williamson crystals. Williamson is, an, is anti-vaccine. Actually, I don't know, but I, I feel like yeah, she overlaps. But I think she does overlap with that, like Malibu left-wing people that don't. That remember back in the day, they never wanted to get vaccines for their kids. This is like this. You're the second person in two days. 
Both people that I'm really good friends, like I've known to for say, a long time. why have you not landscaped my yard? I hate Mary. <laughs> no, I don't hate well, Mary. I don't know why with Williamson. Well, I like her. I I like her book, A Course in Miracles. I think it's pretty great. Yeah. Um, at like just reminding yourself that you're really, perf- You know that you like. You come into this world with everything you need. Like, just I don't know. I like it. I like what she has to say. In my in its own in a vacuum, I don't really know much about her. I did. I was excited about her as a presidential campaign, uh, presidential candidate initially, mm-hmm. but um, I met her and found her to be a little. Um, by the time I met her, she was like, "We need money badly." <laughs> oh, I think she was super in debt from being on the campaign trail. So. Really? Oh well, that's a shame. Yeah, I think she, it costs a lot of money, and she she had some really good. Um, Initial, like, like I think after the first debate, she was the most Googled person, and then they really mm-hmm. went after her and attacked her for, for. You well, know. you would you would think that uh, I mean that so for someone like her who it was like there's a tier of candidates who it's just not realistic that they're going to win. Mm-hmm. The the goal for them is really to like spend some money and raise their profile. So I mean, she certainly right. raised her profile. A lot more people know her than before. Um, although I feel like. The, um, Course in Miracles back in the day, wasn't that a book that was just like given out for free sometimes at yeah. like at twelve uh, step meetings? So like well, a course in it's she's not a course in miracles. A course in miracles is a she wrote a book about that was it's reflections on a course in miracles. Sorry, she wrote a book called Return to Love. And the point of a course in miracles is like miracles are 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 possible because you can they're they're basically saying that a miracle is changing your perspective Mm. and that once you do that a myriad of things are possible which i think is you know and and then also like there's you can look at things from love or fear and fear like you know creates chaos and all kinds of bullshit um anyway i I think those two messages are actually quite i I think the idea of changing your perspective is is a huge huge thing because we spend so much time a lot of people do on the same rabbit wheel thoughts, and then they kind of – that's how they operate their lives. And it's like if mm-hmm. you can figure out a way to flip that shit around, then you can actually see some different pathways. I mean I have- I sort of gen- generically agree with those ideas. I always mm-hmm. wonder like how do you actually implement these kind of things? Um, right. Hey, actually – so one, I was going to say she should have had a book like ready to go during that primary season to sell – she did have a book called A Politics of Love. Anyway, I just hope if she lost a lot of money, I hope she like made some of it back by selling some books because uh, that's kind of the deal, right? You 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 raise your profile, then you let it, you release a book. Uh, I wanted to shout out two books I read when I was in Houston. Okay. Read meaning whenever I'm in Houston, I always like I go on Audible and like like I can just crank through an audiobook when I'm driving around Houston. Um, so much driving. I don't know why I don't really Maybe that do should that be much. your podcast. What? Driving in Houston? Driving around Houston. Listen to Audible. I did one time want to make a podcast that was um, your your commute, and it was just me sitting in the car with you for 25 minutes. So, and it would be like the sound of like door opening, door closing. Hey, what's up? Yeah. Hey, can we go? Uh, so can we go pick up a Diet Coke? Cool thing. <laughs> like just, you just play it so that you have the sound of someone in the car with you. Um, I don't think that would it pass. It wasn't just me. Lane. You just wanted people like driving around in cars with 
Chris Grace? Not an interview at all. Like literally just. No interviewing. Just the audio landscape of someone being in the car with you. <laughs> just so like there'd just be driving sounds. Oh, be- I see. So the podcast is like, if you're lonely in the car, yeah, it's yeah. like you have I mean, a isn't that what all podcasts are? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, podcasts are broadly in some big categories, right? Podcasts are um, entertainment podcasts, which a lot of them are, hey, mm-hmm. I'm lonely. I need friends to listen to. Right. And then there's podcasts that are like, what is the news? Right. Or, so they're, yeah, they're informational. Or, informational. You know, journalistic but, you know, uh, from a journalistic most of these perspective. Are, and a lot of them that I listen to are also mentorship. I mean, they're almost in replacement for taking like a or having a mentor or you know taking a course on something that the bettering self-betterment there's a lot of self-help podcasts mm-hmm. i feel like um i actually have listened to one about doing podcasts and one of the things they said was that entertainment podcasts like our own are very difficult to grow <laughs> and that's Don't why do them. and that's why we're not going to let anyone else be on the patreon except justin zell well i feel like if if Justin is our only Patreon member, you should be able to just turn your air conditioning on. <laughs> is it no, really for loud? The, for the se- nah, Versus- but I don't like. I'm I'm sweating, but I don't like. The I extra are sweating. Little, I worry about you. I don't like the extra little noise that it makes. And, um. Hmm. Yeah, I can't so hear Marianne, in my headphones, but Marianne Williamson, A Politics of Love. Check it out. We both highly recommend it. We haven't read it. Uh, so two books Let's that have I, a podcast where we recommend things we haven't read. Yeah, well, I'm about to. No, I, re- I, re- I read these two books because okay. you, if you consider listening to an audiobook reading, which I mm-hmm. think it is. So mm-hmm. the two books are Stolen Focus by Johan Hari and Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. And they're both very interesting books. You say digital minimalism five times in a row. Digital minimalism, digital minimalism, digital minimalism, digital minimalism, digital minimalism, digital minimalism. Okay, show off. Oh, did you mess up on the last one? The last one, digital minimalism. There we go. So I would encourage everyone to maybe at least read some summaries about these books. So these books are there's they have some significant flaws, but they're both very interesting. They're both they're both about. How phone, I mean, it's the standard thing, like phones, social media, whatever are robbing your attention. Yes. And that this okay. general attention economy that we're in is really okay. not good for the human soul. No, God, no. Fuck no. It's so bad. And everything is sound bites. And, you know, somebody says something, it's taken completely out of context. And context is the right. only way to understand a person. It so I would say that sense. digital minimalism as a book is about the sort of, more practical things of uh, detaching yourself from these things like your phone and social media apps and stuff. And stolen, stolen focus is more about, it's some about that. It's some about like, it's some about um, there are personal practical things you can do to detach yourself from these things. What is one way, what are some of the ways that you can detach yourself from your phone practically? Uh, so a couple suggestions were to like change your phone to grayscale, which eliminate, which feels makes it, it basically makes it a less hot, engaging activity. Um, how do you do great? How do you do that? You can do that in your settings. Um, another one is to only, um, batch respond to text messages. 
So you're Ooh. like, I'm only going to respond to text messages from like 9 to 10 in the morning and let's say 9 to 10 p.m. That's it. I won't look at text messages the rest of the day. Um, another one okay. is to do office hour. I'm actually considering doing this to do office yes. hours, which is like, hey, um, every Monday and Thursday at noon for a couple hours, if you want to call me, call me. You don't have to pre-schedule it or anything. Just I'm I'm every Monday and Thursday, I'm going to go take a walk in the park and I'll take phone calls from anyone that wants to talk to me. And so that if somebody's like, hey, I want to um, talk about that project I want to work on, you just say, oh, cool. Call me Monday at noon. And then you basically train people to like uh, have these windows when they can reach you. And then other times outside of those windows, you know, other times outside of the windows, let's say you would only take a call from like your babysitter or from your parents or that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like you're not like cutting yourself off from like emergency contacts. But I Mm -hmm. do think that people kind of overblow how much they need to be in contact with people all the time. You know, like how reachable they need to be. People definitely exaggerate how urgent it is for people to reach them all the time. I don't think that's true. I think that people exaggerate that too. But I I also think, um, like, I'm sure you do this. I'm sure all of us do this, that anyone who's listening right now, which actually I do know one person listened to this podcast last week because my friend was like, oh, do you have COVID? She texted me. I was like, Mm. oh, you listen to my podcast. Um, Because she needed landscaping. (laughs) Um, yes. Uh, and I'm also, I'm a terrible landscaper. So anyway, um, except for my own bush looks great. Oh my God. Hey, <laughs> suck dick. Um, the everywhere, anytime you go to a waiting room or you get on a, you know, you sit anywhere, everyone's looking at their phone. Like I went to the nail salon to get my toenails yeah. done. And it was, so like, I would say digital minimalism is about like in that waiting room, you should let yourself be bored. Yes. You should not take your phone out and just sit and be bored. Uh, Stolen Focus, the book, is a little bit about that idea, but he mm-hmm. recognizes that there's a limit to that. And it's really more a call to action that we should be doing some things on a government level to like restrict right. the ability of uh, the attention economy to like get into our lives. It's, it's less realistic. Like I don't necessarily think it's going to happen because he kind of he wants to start a movement. What is this, what's the name of this one again? This book? Stolen Focus by Johan Hari. And the other one is Where Digital is he Minimalism. From? He is British, but I think he's originally, his family is maybe Swiss or Swedish, something like that. Okay. It's an interesting book. Um, he himself, that dude, has had issues in the past where, like, he has plagiarized things and stuff. So he oh. uses a lot of studies in it. And so I would I would take it with a grain of salt, but it's got some interesting ideas. Um Anyway, he, he he thinks a lot of the problems that have been created by things like Facebook. Um, that, that This is an interesting idea from this book that I hadn't thought of before. That what will happen is an industry will create a big problem for people, such as, hey, Facebook kind of rots your soul. And then they will also prescribe to you, here's some individual things you can do so that Facebook isn't so bad. You should do this. You should do that. And it's kind of a way of saying like, if you don't, if Facebook's rotting your soul, it's your fault. It's not our product. So that is an interesting thing that I think has been done in a lot of industries. So like probably 
Coke isn't good for us. All kinds of Coke, the drug or the drink, right? But then they're like, well, it's good if you only have one a day, even though they're making it more addictive. <laughs> right. Tobacco certainly did this kind of thing. Alcohol. Tobacco, alcohol does that too. Yeah. Like alcohol will have this like very seductive print ad. And then at mm-hmm. the bottom, it'll say like, please drink responsibly. Because Which that's like, a, it's, it's your fucking fault if you like wrap your car yeah, around the tree. It, I mean, it really, it's so funny. They're all the same. And um, alcohol, uh, the idea of like, please drink responsibly. Like what? Yeah. As if most people can't control. I mean, the it's point of alcohol is, is to like, make you less responsible. That's right. To shut your brain off so that you don't have to deal with the same bullshit you've been thinking about that's been making you depressed forever, which just makes you more depressed. But Yeah. So I, I recommend right. these two books. I, I recommend them with a grain of salt. And I think that if, if you're listening or reading them and you have moments where you're like, that doesn't quite sound right. Um, yeah, I would kind of agree. But I think they're worth jumping off points for you to think about these things yourself. So I'm going to try experimenting with that office hours idea of just because. Oh, sorry. One more thing that Cal Newport said is that he wants you to prioritize, like you said earlier, channels of connection that have context. So he actually tells you, and this is an interesting idea. He doesn't, he says, don't click like on anything anymore and don't leave comments because anything that's text only you're removing all of body language, tone, context, visual information. And those things are, that's the kind of social connection you need. You need to exercise those parts of your social um, identity that where you're interacting with someone with all that stuff that's not text. So he wants you to stop using that because he wants you to nourish your connections by actually like being on the phone with someone or seeing them or taking a walk with them, that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, my, my man, I don't know. It is interesting. I've noticed that in my life, I don't get as many texts from people anymore. Because it's like, I'll be like, hey, I'll, I'll comment on, I'll get on, I don't actually get on social media that often because it does make me depressed. Um, so I, I kind of delete it and I'll pop something on there once in a while. But, uh, and, but I'll get on like once or twice a week and sometimes more if I, you know, um, like I got on last night and I messaged, I've been flirt, you know, flirting around with being, uh, like I've, I've taken several breaks from alcohol because I just don't think it really does me any favors and it really isn't it is a neurotoxin it's not really good for me but um and so I, I I'm always I'm looking at people I mean I'm, I'm looking I follow a bunch of people who are sober and I guess David Harbour is sober hmm. and I love David Harbour um from Stranger Things you know he's the cop um I haven't watched it in a couple of years but I just love him and I went over to I went to his page to try to find, because somebody else had put him on there. And I found out that he follows me. Oh. And I was like, what? Because he's got like 8 million followers or something crazy. So I texted him and I was like, oh my God, I loved what you wrote. And he texted me back. Well, there you go. Right away. It was just, just funny. Anyway, You should watch the Architectural Digest YouTube video where he gives you a tour of his New York City apartment. Is it fancy? It's very nice. Oh, fuck him. It's a lovely Forget New York it. City apartment. Never... <laughs> what are you talking about? I just thought Get he was in really there. down to earth. I thought he was down to earth. Architectural oh, no, it, you... Digest. 
you, 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 uh, he, he's, I would say he's not, not down to earth based on that video. Oh, I wouldn't assume okay. he's All right. not. Maybe I'll get, I'll, I'll see if he'll come be on the podcast and then he can, we can decide for ourselves. That'd be amazing. Well, just because he texted me back doesn't mean he's going to... Yeah, slide into the DMs. Actually, no, don't Slide me into Uh, your DMs. You know why you shouldn't do that is because you shouldn't just like immediately meet somebody and then ask them to do your podcast. You should should do a long con. Is that what they say in digital minimalism? No. focus? No, a long con. Well, you know, I... This is my favorite podcast story. It's not my favorite. I, I did... I used to have a band with some guys who know Dave Grohl pretty well. And Dave Grohl's from what, you know, the Foo, fight, Foo Fighters. And yeah, I got that, asked to be... And also a band called Nirvana. Who? Um, <laughs> I can't wait to get there. Um, and they reached out. Dave called me when I was on vacation. I know, we know a lot of the same people. Um, he's slightly more successful in the music industry than I am, but only slightly. Mm. Um and then asked me to do this video. And I was like, it was just funny. I was like, is Dave Grohl's calling me? And then we became friends. I did the video and I played this crazy like Nurse, nurse Ratchet. And it was a bunch of people. It was a video called Run. And he, there were some old people that, and they, they all dressed up in old age makeup. And it's, it's a good video. And I go crazy in it. You know, you know and um, he's like, that was amazing. And I was like, would you do my podcast? like a musical podcast he's like yes i'll do your podcast i will do your podcast and then he totally ghosted me i never did a podcast. <gasps> no did he uh, ghost you overall yeah, oh yeah yeah overall completely like if you texted because him i now. asked him to do uh do i have his number i'm gonna give it out to people just because he goes yeah, yeah, yeah i mean if you sign up for the patreon we'll give you dave Grohl's phone number <laughs> Right now, only Let's Justin see. Zell's got Dave Grohl's phone number. Missy's scrolling through her phone, looking at all the famous people that she has the phone numbers of. And uh, David Arquette. That's Do you really? Yeah, I did a movie with him. David Arquette. I like David Arquette. Dave Foley. Uh, nice. I tell you what, I'm going to give Dave Keckner. I'm going to give people... You should they become Dave- a Patreon. I'm going to give people. I'm going to scroll my phone. If you become phone. a Patreon, if you go patreoncom slash Um Missy, you can request from Missy a celebrity's phone number, and if it's in her phone contacts, she will give it to you. Uh, actually, ask David Keckner to do the show because David Keckner and I did the same stand-up show about uh, three weeks ago. Um, I don't think he was around when my set was up, but I'd love to talk to him about that. Um. She's still okay, scrolling. I'll text him right now. BFF, it's Missy Pyle. Would you be on my podcast with Chris Grace? <laughs> I love how you both did stand up the other night at the Comedy Chateau. Okay, how let's fancy. wrap it up. Wait, I'm texting Dave Keckner. Okay. I know, but you realize that like the silent parts are like. Hello, you wanted to do a podcast, which was just silent parts. No, People no, no. People are in the car right now imagining See, now that you're they're with me and I'm sending a text Now you're disrespecting the art Dave of the Froll. Foley artist because the Foley artist would go in and like no, put in like a little. Oh, my God. Whoosh, 
air Ooh, conditioning sound, that. little AM oh, radio, the sound AM of a, radio? Who a cup holder, the oh, sound God. of a hard candy being unwrapped. How all the sort of sound, of sound of Misty having some legs. Oh my God, chips. that's our cue to leave. Misty's oh, about to chips. Okay. All right. All right. Oh, hey, do you um, want me to do a tarot card for you, real quick? Real Let's quick, and while you card. while you Real set quick. that up, uh, let everyone know I'm I'm leaving for Scotland, Edinburgh this Saturday. I'll be doing shows mm-hmm. August third through fourteenth uh, at the Edinburgh Fringe. Mm-hmm. Please come out and see. I'm in the shows: Shamilton at five thirty p.m., Baby Wants Candy at nine p.m., and Laughing Stock at ten p.m. Laughing Stock. I'm not sure if I'm in. Actually, really, all these shows. I'm not totally sure if I'm in every single night because we have big rotating casts uh, but I will be at Fringe for two weeks please What's come your, see me um, comedy group that you're performing with? What's the name? I just said it Speaking Did of people who don't again? listen I was shuffling tarot cards Shamilton is an improvised Shamilton. That's improvised, the whole group's name? That is the name of the show It's an improvised Hamilton but I'm asking about the group At 9 o'clock is the group Baby Wants Candy and then so I'm doing, doing stand-up. Doing a, well, Baby Wants Candy and Shamilton are essentially the same group. And then at uh, 10 o'clock, I'm doing stand-up in a show called That's Laughing Stock. That's all I asked. Yeah. Also, I've been writing some stand-up, so maybe I'll come do some stand-up at your show. Sounds good. When you get back. Okay. Cool. Um, oh, let's read your card. Tell me when Tell me when to stop. This is for Chris, and it's highest good. Only as guardian angels. Thank you. Stop. Okay, this is your card. Mm-hmm. Oh! I wow. mean, oh, because Shazam. It's the magician. It's the best card in the deck, dude. What is this? Re- re- well, what does this uh, represent? I mean, the magician. It all depends on where you are in your life, right? And how you just. The, I have to read it to you. I My scope, I was thinking about, is like, how's the next kind of couple months going to go? That's what. That's okay, what that was what you're mind. asking about. Well, the magician is really fun because it's about you, you. You basically, you where you are right now, you have everything you need. Go. That's basically what it what it is. I think. Okay. Let me, let me just wait. Oh, let me make sure. Let me look. It's the second card in the deck. Oh yeah, you have the tools. Set an intention and go for it. You know what you want. Go get it. It's time. You have everything you need to create and manifest your own desired outcome. Now, when the magician appears, you've totally stepped into your personal power. And it was also right side up, which is, you know, a big deal. Creative inspiration, word mastery, focus or working in your benefits. The magician encourages you to experiment, be assertive, self-assured, study it, and practice will yield success. You be made uh, public speaking. (laughs) You know, this tarot stuff is uh, very encouraging, but also annoying because now it's like I have no excuse anymore. You got no excuse. Oh. It's time to take this opportunity to use your divinely appointed gifts for your own good. Oh my God! Get out there! All right. Get well, we'll see you. I'll, 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 I will get out there in Edinburgh, and we'll see you there. Uh, and we'll do another one for you next week. Okay. Uh, go to freelance.patreon.com/slash/feelingspretend and join Justin Zell as a patron. And you can uh, get. I'll get you Dave Grohl's uh, Dave Kagner. I'll give, Dave, I'll give you David someone Arquette's, named Dave. I'll yeah, give you David Sigourney Weaver's number. phone number. I don't have Sigourney's number. Bye, friends. Bye, friends. You've been listening to Freelance Pretend with your co-hosts, Missy Pyle and Chris Grace. The show is produced by Chris Grace and edited by Eric Michaud. You can support the show by going to patreon.com slash freelance pretend or send us an email at freelancepretend at gmail.com. Music from artlist.io. See you next time. 